This is another Soil Sense Field Check, where we find the right expert to answer your questions about anything related to farming, agronomy, and soil health. We invite you to participate at www.ndfieldcheck.com. Today's question comes to us from Chris Procknow. Chris is in sales for Agassi Seed and Supply based in West Fargo. I heard from a customer the other day about cutworms in a soybean field that was planted green into cereal rye. So I, uh, I was wondering if this is common and do we need to recommend scouting for cutworms or other pests when using cover crops? Here to answer this question for Chris and his customer is Extension Entomologist and North Dakota State University Professor, Dr. Janet Canodal. Jan has been at NDSU for over 20 years, and she has a background in integrated pest management and entomology of insect pests and field crops. In short, she says yes, these fields should be scouted, but she goes on to share some valuable details about scouting and managing cutworms. Cutworms are soil insects in their generalists, so there's quite a few different species of cutworms that are pests. On our crops here in North Dakota, we have at least 32 different species of cutworms. So it kind of varies. That's part of the reason why we have a long period when crops are exposed to cutworms is because some overwinters eggs, others as larvae um, that are ready to go as soon as it warms up in the spring. But most of them do love weedy fields or grassy fields in the fall. So that's probably why they ended up in the rye field is because it was seeded in the fall. And that's very attractive to most of the species of cutworms. And then they cause damage in the spring into about the end of June here, early July. Then they start to... um, go through a resting stage called the pupa. And then the moth will emerge and the cycle will repeat itself and they get active laying eggs usually in September. Jan goes on to explain a little bit more about the life cycle of these cutworms, which is probably valuable information to keep in mind as you're scouting. There's um, quite a few different species, but their life cycle is similar. So they lay the eggs in the soil, usually in September. Some of the eggs overwinter for some species. And then other species, the eggs will hatch into the larvae, which are the caterpillars. And then they remain in the soil for overwintering. And then in the spring, when it warms up, the larvae will start feeding. They're usually the first ones that get going. And then the eggs, if it overwintered as an egg, then that one will hatch. And the larvae is the damaging stage. That's the caterpillar. Most of the damage for cutworms can be defoliation. There's climbing cutworms that cause defoliation. And then other cutworms that will clip the plant off when it's young. So knowing now that many of these cutworm species are attracted to vegetation in the fall, like, say, cereal rye cover crops, what can we do to keep them from becoming a big problem for the next year's crop? You pretty much just need to get out in the spring and scout and monitor the fields for infestations. 
you look for small holes in the leaves or may, maybe missing plants in the row so you don't see any stand missing spots there in the field where it's just nothing. Then you can look for the larvae. They hide. They're active at night as well, just like the adult moth. So they're hiding under clumps of dirt. So you need to look around and dig around in the soil when you find the damaged plants. Look for the larvae feeding at the base of the plants. You can also look for their fecal droppings. That's another good sign if it's a climbing cutworm causing defoliation. But yeah, they're not an easy insect to scout for. They may be in low spots. If it's dry, most of them like a little bit of moisture. We recommend scouting, you know, an M, walking an M or W pattern through the field, checking multiple locations, like five locations, and looking for bare patches where the stand is poor, or if you see any cut plants laying on the ground or wilted plants. Those are good signs that you can look for when you're out scouting. So if we do see these signs and identify some cutworms in our field, what's our threshold and and what else should we be considering when it comes to controlling these pests? You want to kind of calculate an average rather than just looking for a hot spot in the field. So you get a average across the whole field from all the different plants that you looked at. And the threshold in small grains, which include wheat, barley, oats, and rye, is four or more larvae per foot of row. If you're real dry and the crop is stressed, you might want to reduce it down to two larvae per foot of row. If you're listening to this and currently battling cutworms on your farm, there is a little bit of good news here. It's that their normal feeding time is almost over for the year. Usually it's the uh, end of June, early July. So we're kind of approaching the period where the cutworms should be winding down now. We've kind of had some hot and then cooler weather, so it probably averaged out. So we're probably normal, and that's usually the end of um, June, early July when they start to wind down. Once they're at the end of their life stage, they're mature larvae, which can be as as large as an inch and a half to two inches. So they get quite large. When they get that big, they're getting ready to, they're at the end of their feeding cycle and damage that they're causing to the crop. So we generally say you missed your window when you for applying an insecticide. If you were at the threshold, you would want to re- implement your chemical controls earlier when they're smaller larvae. And that's why we recommend, you know, routine, regular scouting to see if your field has cutworm larvae. And some of the cutworms will migrate into North Dakota. They don't overwinter here, like the variegated cutworm. So that one is also attracted to weedy fields, which that, you know, rye and soybean field would be considered uh, weedy. 
so they they come up and they'll be laying eggs in the field. Well, just because they're past the feeding stage this year, though, sh- shouldn't we try to be controlling them so that we don't have an even bigger problem next year? No, that's the um, difficulty with cutworms. There's no uh, forecasting model. Um, infestations in the fields are not understood very well. We don't know why they're more attracted to one field than another field other than we do know generally that they like weedier fields, most of the cutworms, or they'll go in after sod. So it's really hard to predict, and that's another reason why just basic routine scouting is the way to go because they're unpredictable. (laughs) Very interesting information. Thank you so much to Dr. Janet Canodal for sharing and to Chris Procknow for asking the question. We have many more experts here to answer your questions. In some cases, they are PhDs, like Dr. Canodal. In other cases, they're farmers, agronomists, consultants, and others who are more than willing to share their experiences. We'd really appreciate it if you would do, just as Chris did, and take a minute to leave us a question. Just go to this website, www.ndfieldcheck.com. There will be a button right there on the page you can simply click using your phone, tablet, or computer, and begin recording. We will track down the right person to answer your question and share both the question and answer on an upcoming episode. Thanks so much to our sponsors who are making Field Check possible. The North Dakota Corn Council, the North Dakota Wheat Commission, the North Dakota Soybean Council, the North Harvest Dry Bean Association, and the North Dakota Barley Council. So head over to ndfieldcheck.com and leave us a voice message with your question today.